Hi everyone, welcome into Primetime TV. I'm Barbara Marville Kelly. With me is Dennis Kelly. Hi. Hi. We're back again. How about that? Two weeks in a row, I might add. Yeah. How about that? That's I know. That's getting good, isn't it? I'm tell this is, we have so much to say, getting a lot of questions on what we're doing in our life, how we're doing it and all that. So we're here to kind of answer those questions. It's called sharing. It's called sharing. It is. Right. We want to thank you for joining us Mondays live at five. You just never know what you're going to see or hear on this show. Many times we're unscripted. Many times we have a little bit more of an idea like today. Last week we were talking about your ultimate corporate wellness program. And that is in the archives on webeamtv.com if you would like to see that. Because my husband is, he does go out and do lunch and learns and he talks to corporations using his proprietary program called Tri Neurogenics. Very well put. I thought that was pretty well. Well, I've been living it. The book <laughs> proves it. He used me as a test case. How many years ago? 1996, I right? I can't even go back that far. <laughs> Wait a minute. Your long-term memory, it, it rocks. It, he comes up with things that I've never even heard before, and we've been together over 20 years. Oh, so. You didn't see the cheat sheet I had? Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. I carry it with me all the time. <laughs> oh, is that what you're looking down at, eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say that we're excited about today's show, as we always are, because we really want to share what's worked for us. And people are always asking us, how do you do what you do, especially at almost 70 and 80? I mean, you know, I... I never really think about it. We just do it. We just do. That's right. Right? And um, when I think about you winning that world championship at age 78 last year, and you're coming out of retirement again at 80, I must say, next year, and he's going to go for it again. And it's not really that we need another trophy, but it's mainly to show the system actually works. And then, of course, goodness knows, two dancing with the local stars for myself and I, I still can't believe I did that. But you know what? When you're in that state of mind and the right heart coherence, life is very, very good. And we remember, remember our gratitude, don't we? Absolutely. It's quite an important moment. It is. And it really can get you out of a funk at any time if you go to gratitude. And it's easy to do because we have so many things to be grateful for. And today, we kind of want to set this up for what's happiness? Are you happy? What is your definition for happy? Happiness. Think about it. What's yours? Well, basically, it's not just one thing. 
The key thing is I learned to be happy in spite of things, not just because of things. I have that memorized. Happiness is in a state of mind where you're accepting the unacceptable. Oh, I, ha I haven't heard that one. You're accepting of the unacceptable. You know, that's Think about that for a minute. That is very profound. Because that gives you a great deal of confidence, the ability to be able to transform things that other people has given up on. Uh, that's happiness. And happiness is many different ways. In other words, many different things could be called happiness. That's very good. So, so backing up to what you said a little earlier, just seconds earlier, why do people give up on things? Why? Well, it's easier to be negative. It takes effort to be positive. It takes effort to stay happy, especially in spite of things. But the rewards are insurmountable. I, I mean, the peace of mind it gives you, the ability to be able to share those things with your family, the best gift you can give people, the loved ones especially, are be a good example. Mm -hmm. Being a good example, it's so easy to be happy. Just be. Mm -hmm. But people find it difficult because it's easy to be negative. We're genetically engineered to be negative. Why is that? For survival purposes. You have a whole story behind that. Back in the Paleolithic ancestor days, uh, the key thing is you would have a tiger. The caveman would either go to kill or run. In other words, you got two little simple thoughts that are very, very quick to ignite into the system to get that person get out of the way or kill the to kill the wild beast or whatever. But the key is, is learning to really fit into those things that make you feel happy. In other words, find things to be happy about. I have one little thing I recommend to, when I do a, a uh, coaching session, is each day take a little tab of paper and write something good that happened that day, something good you could talk and put it in a jar. And every day, keep putting, every day do that same thing and put it in a jar. And then you've got this hole at the end of the year, this whole big jar full of happiness. That's cute. I never heard that one before. Well, I'm sneaking up on you Why? there, kid. You better you're stay coming, with it. You're coming up with all kinds of things. I have my little pink notebook here with something that I saw on Soundscapes. Do you happen to have a Spectrum, formerly Bright House? Well, one of the biggest reasons why we have that is because we love the soundscapes and we love the affirmations that play on soundscapes. And the one that I saw today, it was actually unknown uh, who wrote this. Being happy doesn't mean everything is perfect. Being happy is looking beyond the imperfections. Absolutely. It's hard and to do. It is hard to do. There, there's no such thing as perfect. You always say that perfection is only a direction and I, I really yeah. believe that well the problem is the school teachers try to get the students to be perfect the students want the school teacher to be perfect the pastor wants the congregation to be perfect the congregation wants the pastor it's just striving for perfection that is driving people mad yeah yeah it's not looking for perfection as an end goal perfection as a direction but some people don't get it they, they feel you have to be perfect to be happy and you have to and and to be perfect is the only solve uh, solvent thing they can see to be happy but you can't strive that nobody's perfect there's no, no such thing as being perfect no there isn't and you know when you said that to me because growing up and trying to do the best i could in school and i always did get really good grades and everything but it was never good enough so i grew up with that whole 
that whole belief system, and we're going to touch on that after our break when we come back and talking about belief systems and how really critical it is in our lives and how you can change them to suit your needs in a positive way. Um, but now I just already lost the thought that I was going to go back to. Senior like moment. <laughs> We've got um, uh, a few minutes to talk about that, but we were talking about the whole happiness thing and how our choices reach out into a happiness meter that can go up or down and the choices on how we think and feel every day. Haven't you said that time and time again? Well, absolutely. Uh, you have to have a lot of alternatives so you have better choices, more choices to choose from. But choices are so important because what you choose now as a choice can affect you so much later on. So what is it? Why is it that people will, I, maybe it's just human nature. Well, I'll be happy when I find the perfect girlfriend, or I'll be happy when I get that shiny new red car. The biggest lie in the world, I'll be happy when. Mm -hmm. See, that's the big problem, the big challenge. Going back to the happiness part, if you look at the six steps of thought and use from my book, first step is exercise, mm -hmm. then nutrition, then supplements, then psychological profile. Mm -hmm. And once you do those five things, it's easy to be happy. It is easy to be happy because when you start working on yourself from a physical standpoint and get to the gym and get all those good endorphins in the body, well, no matter what you do, and there's no excuses, seriously, by not doing something. Even if you, can, if you, can't, if you can't walk or run or anything like that, I mean, getting on, getting on the bicycle and putting a few miles in, I try to get at least four, four and a half miles in on the bike. I'm still still trudging along on that but i feel so much so better what you're doing it that's what counts well exactly and when i get back on the dance floor of course that's really really good exercise and you know we were talking earlier we're up talking about this at five at six o'clock in the morning i kid you not we, we really are because there's so many different things that we learn on a regular basis in fact we were just um talking about my husband's book you can see all my little pink markers in here on different chapters some of the chapters that i never even read but i have been living i've been living it so i know it but you know how sometimes you just you know forget a little bit here and a little bit there but this is a gold mine of information and we're going to be updating that and adding all the things that you've learned since then this went into print in 1996 and since then my goodness what More things have happened since then than before then. Exactly. That allowed you to come back out of retirement again and again and again and compete in the martial arts, which I know people probably think we're crazy about all that. But it's, a, it's about a message. It's about a message to get out there to people to take good care of yourself, even in spite of having some of those health challenges that you, you faced with. And I have to tell you guys, my husband walks his talk 24-7. It doesn't matter what kind of challenges we are faced with. Yes, we're very happy. We're still very much in love. We'll be married. My goodness, how many years in October? 17 years. 17 years. Wow, time goes by fast. I don't know how you can stand that with me sometimes. <laughs> I, I can not go there. I get on my own nerves, trust me. <laughs> but you know, that's part of the mastery of our essential secrets to life. 
and that's why we're here to share with you guys and whenever we can is to do workshops and seminars to help you raise the bar right just raise the bar of living right so we're going to take a break on that note we'll be right back at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen and results are what we're looking for hi right. we're back Barbara Marvel Kelly and with me is mr. or I should say Grand Master Dennis Kelly <laughs> he's so humble he just doesn't know what to say <laughs> right it's like oh geez there she goes again okay so in this book the six steps to the fountain of youth that my husband wrote back in 1996 he has this diagram that I want him to really go over with with you because it's going to give you a little I don't know sort of an overview on where we're coming from and really part of our essential secrets on how we live our life on a daily basis so I'm gonna turn it over to you that that whole system and uh, you can start from the heart okay well what I like you to do is just imagine a big circle a big circle and right at the top of the circle is you have input input is information coming from the outside over to you and the inside so you have the input over a period of time forms the belief system because what eventually what you have input it will begin to become a belief when it's circulated enough or used enough now, the important thing about the belief system is that it's so important for us to be able to have a good, strong belief system. Anytime we go to do something big or something that's a little bit difficult, it's always important to check your belief system. And once you develop the ability to pick the right belief system or use the advantage of the right belief system, then it really makes It's the next step. So 
coming down the circle, you have, at the top of the circle, you have input. And then the next coming down on the right side of the circle is your belief system. And the belief system, like I say, is so important. If you're going to do anything of great magnitude, anything that you want to accomplish in a, in a positive way, you have to build a good belief system. And most of the time, the belief system is wrong. We believe some of the wrong things. It's not so much what you believe that counts, it's what you believe that isn't so. So what happens is that you either have a negative belief system or a positive based on how you're assimilating information from the input. Then what the belief system forms is an attitude. Attitude is your personality that develops from your belief system. Attitude is one of the most important aspects of being successful. You have to have a good attitude to be able to really be truly successful because that patterns everything that we do, everything that we say, and everything that we believe is encompassed in the attitude, and it shows. Then the attitude develops how we feel. If we have a bad attitude, then we feel poor, feel digressed, or whatever. So the attitude develops the feeling and the feeling then develops our actions. So we have, if we have poor feelings, if our feelings are crippled in a sense and the wrong area, negative and things like that, then what happens is your action, action will be suffering. And if the action is suffering, then the attitude takes hold and then even makes things worse. And if you have a bad action, and it goes to the beginning of the circle, the input. The input, if it is a circle that's positive, will be excellent. And if the, the circle is not positive, then the input will be negative. So it's like a vicious circle. Now take reverse that and, ha and have a person that learns to control the input, the information, forms a good belief system from the information then that belief system forms a good attitude. That attitude, in turn, develops good feelings. Then we have good feelings, which give us action. And action is usually good. And then the good action actually gives us better results, and then the results actually help our input system. So it's evolving circle going up the scale of feeling good rather than down the scale of feeling good. So in other words, if I understand you correctly, your thoughts and your programming at the top of this circle, that's right here on the diagram, um, the more positive that is and it goes down and around and yeah, back you, up again and it's right. more positive down and around. You have to screen the input because 77% <clears throat> of the people out there are negative. They're walking around with negative attitudes. You've got negative on the TV, negative newspapers don't sell unless it's negative. So what you have to do is you have to really learn how to screen that out and use appreciation and gratitude in your own life to be able to take that information and utilize it and find the gold, find the, the silver lining in the dark cloud. Because for every negative thing, there's a positive. That's true. That's it's true. the yin and the yang. That's true. And what happens when we have those negative thoughts to our system and our, heart, our frequency? What happens? Well, what happens is it sends good chemicals into the body, bad mm -hmm. chemicals, I meant to say. Mm -hmm. it, it, it sends good or uh, bad hormones in the body, the fight or flight hormones that actually, because of the fact it's not a, a fight or a flight, 
it's it's as the same results as a fight or flight. The negative the stress actually causes so many diseases and things that you it's beyond your imagination how one angry thought held for five minutes or more can lower your immune system for a whole day. That's a lot of angry thoughts. Yeah, processes. people around angry, and, right. and you can see when you're driving down a busy street, it's like kamikaze pilots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody is all stressed out, trying to get somewhere in a hurry, and when they get there, half the time, nothing has changed, and they got all this stress that they accumulated. You know, on the way there. You know that there's so much to be said for that, and there are you. you I think today there's more people stressed because of all the concept changes, right? Right. With all the electronic devices that give us so many different options, and you can always tell when somebody's texting and driving, especially in the far left lane, going really slow, almost to a stop. I'm going really, and I'll get around them, and sure enough, there they are. Right. I guess they figure they can drive and text if they have their phone like right up here. I don't get that. And it just causes so much all the way around and you figure all those people doing all this and that and it just adds more accidents. I just wonder what the statistics are about people that are texting and even talking on the phone. I am guilty of that, but I don't make a, a constant habit of it because I know my shortcomings when it comes to driving. Well, when we get back to the circle that I was talking about, yes, there is a way to beat the system. Oh, good. How? Yes. Because what happens is our belief system and our attitude that actually determines upon how we feel, we're more subject to what's happening in our body, the natural instinct to think of the negative. It's for survival purpose. The amygdala, part of the brain, actually restores all the bad memories. So when something happens that's negative, the amygdala pops up and affects the chemicals that go in the body. The key is learning how to bypass the amygdala. Now, most people don't know how to do that. It's, it's really not that hard to explain. It's just difficult to do it because it takes practice like anything else is when you have a negative thought, rather than letting it go to the belief system and the attitude, because they could be wrong, then you go right straight to the heart. Right straight to the heart, and, and because there is now discovered a brain in the heart. So you go right straight to the heart, bypass the, the belief system and attitude, because the heart is 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. The heart never lies once you learn how to use the heart. It connects with the neurocortex of the brain with a thing called atrial peptide. Uh, ah, I had a senior moment there. It's anyway. It'll come to me later. <laughs> the continued senior moment. neural pathway. There, there you go. It. There I got. Afferent neural pathway communicates with the brain. So when you go directly to the heart, actually, like you're talking to the heart. Give me an answer to this challenge really quick then the heart will give you the right answer at, with the right practice in doing it. So you're not slave to the belief system. You're not slave to the attitude. And then you have good feelings coming from the heart. So the good feelings from the heart then actually cause a better action. Better action creates better results. Then it goes to the feedback system. The, the input coming in is good input coming from yourself. And that increases our belief system in a positive way and eventually makes a better attitude. It's not hard to understand, just hard to take the time to change the rewiring in our brain. Right. 
I think most, a lot of people, I shouldn't say most people, but there's a lot of people that are resistant to change. And so that, that's going to take time and they're going to have to figure yes. it out. But once you do, don't you find that once you start using the heart to make your decisions, that it becomes easier and you know you build that trust relationship with the heart. It's always right. Right. Well, the always. heart has 60 times more bioelectricity, bioelectricity than the brain does. It has 5,000 higher frequency level than the brain. Really? Yeah. And the heart has a lot of wisdom in it. It's connecting with the right hand to God, as I like to put it. And then that feeling you get in the abdominal area, that's God's answering the phone call. Mm -hmm. It's like a phone call to God. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You were saying we were talking at, um, over coffee yesterday or today about um, the ancients. The ancients used the heart. Yeah, Way the, the, back when. The, the Japanese have Kakura and Satora. They have the heart, the physical heart, and then the spiritual heart. So they have two names for it. That goes back centuries. How they knew this back then. And the thing is, it, it's sort of like it never took hold in modern day society. We got too, too many things going, too many concept changes to really rely on some of the things that worked thousands of years. And on that note, speaking of the sort of wisdom of the ages, now now I can't find that picture of that brain, that brain, that wonderful picture of this brain in here. You refer to something. I had an aha moment about this revelation because, like I said before, I did, I still haven't read the last few chapters of my husband's book. The whole brain that fascinated me today. And what you were saying in here is one of the reasons why martial artists, okay, a, a very, very interesting group of people, we are, <laughs> but what, if you can explain that whole brain thinking and how martial artists are able to have that extra sensory perception in the Dantian area. Well, in a, mar a true martial artist, not a dime store martial artist <laughs> where they bought their black book. <laughs> But I'm talking about the ones that I have hung, hung out with and that I respect. The, the, key, the key to that is learning to develop, to be able to focus. Uh, at, well, the, the attention is, is the super weapon of the super warrior and attention develops concentration. Concentration helps develop, develop spiritual power and spiritual power is mightiest force in existence. So the key is you practice, you learn to focus on an object and try to see how long you can focus on an object. It's a sense of meditation. And a lot of the martial artists, that they don't talk about it, but one of the systems, and there's many, is take a candle and light a candle and sit there in the dark and stare at the candle and see how long you can stare at the candle before you start talking to yourself. What? You see how long you can stare at the candle, the flame on the candle, look at the flame. And See how long you can focus on that flame without getting internal conversation. Oh, kind of like sometimes when we pray and we kind of get sidetracked? Yeah, and, and it's very powerful over a period of time. It's just one way. There's many different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in martial arts, we'll learn how to focus. And how they do that is through their katas, too. Because oh, when you do true. a kata, a form, that has to be it 100%. takes a tremendous amount of focus. Hold that thought. We're going to take a brief little time out. When we come back, we'll give you some more good stuff here on Primetime TV.
at a certain age, so this is supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen. at a certain age so this is supposed to happen no it's not supposed to happen <laughs> do you remember <laughs> hi everyone well, well, hold that thought do you remember we <laughs> yeah, we're talking about the heart and how we go to the heart and it yes, can yes. get bypassing the belief system and the attitude very good all right well you know there is so much truth to that we've been living this way for many many years and maybe some of you have sort you can relate to it by thinking about that gut feeling have you ever made a decision where you just you just you just feel it in your gut and you know it to be right and you know it to be true well there's a reason for that and after my husband went to HeartMath Institute and became certified as a peak performance coach, it all came together. When you explain that with the brain in the gut, the brain in the brain, and all that, and they're all interconnected. Yeah, and, and it's really not that hard to communicate with the heart because all you have to do is simply treat the heart like it was in other words, this awesome, powerful unit. In other words, where you're connecting right hand to God, so to speak. And if you're not a religious person, the universal energy, you can pick out whatever label you want to give it. But the key thing is realizing that the heart has answers to any question that mm -hmm. you can ever ask it. There is a divinity in the heart that is hard to explain. And once you learn how to utilize that, First of all, what you want to do is when you have a stressful situation, take a pause, like pushing a pause button on a VCR. Take a moment, just pause. And then with that moment, then actually ask your heart, using your common sense and, and wisdom, give me an answer to this situation. And the heart, once you practice this, a number of times will actually give you an answer to the situation. You have to be careful what is a head answer or a heart answer. The head answer isn't always right. right. The heart answer is never wrong. I know when if I've made an 
I haven't made too many heart decisions lately only because I know making it from the heart is really the way to do it. Making a head decision, I've, got, I've grown now to where, where, where I'm doing the exercise, it comes very easy. Well, you said yourself that this whole book was all as a result of living from the heart and that divine intervention that gave you all the answers that you need with all these diagrams. Well, it's amazing. 90% of those diagrams didn't come from me. It came from my heart. And when I would ask the good Lord through my heart to give me an answer, because it's beyond my intelligence to come up with this graph that I need, something to explain this. It's amazing how the answers came at different times. Sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes when I'm laying in the bathtub, Sometimes when I'm doing some driving a car, it'll come. Mm -hmm. It's like an aha moment. Yes. But the more, I should say, the more, well, the more you practice this, the easier it is to use it. And it's not the, in other words, it's not 100% all knowledge and, and in other words, not 100% accurate. It's about 95% because there's always a little room for error there where it's maybe a head feedback rather than the heart. But most of the time you'll get the right answer. And I would recommend practice this on small things, not big things. Then when the big decision comes, you can use the heart. And in most cases, you will give the, get the right decision. Just think about that. The decision-making come comes from the heart and knowing that you will always make the right decision. It just, it just works that way. It really does. I, I love coaching women and even helping friends that maybe find themselves in either a crisis or um, they're just in a quander. They can't, they can't, they just can't figure it out. What's the first thing that comes out of our mouth? Go to your heart. Your heart is never wrong. And it's a quick answer because it's the right answer. Rather than sit there making suggestions for that loved one or that friend, once they learn how to live from the heart, it, it changes, it transforms everything. Because we, how many decisions do we make in a day? Right. What well, are we going to have for breakfast? In the Bible, there's Let several places that talks about the heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Several places in the Bible talks about the heart. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you were doing the martial arts, um, going back to that, because we were talking about the intense intelligence that martial artists have especially they've got to act like in and of the split second when they're in the ring you've done that and all I just you know I'm only like a I'm only my yellow belt in Taekwondo but I do have a black belt in shopping so I do have <laughs> that how did you in such a split second like that I mean Excuse me, I gotta go to my heart. It just happens automatically. Doesn't it just come spontaneous? Yeah, basically you get to the point where you don't even have to really mention it to yourself. You do it automatically. Mm -hmm. You just automatically, without even hesitating, yeah. you go to the heart. Yeah. And the one thing in the martial arts we learn, well, not so much in the martial arts, but the scientists that worked on the heart, they discovered that the heart picks up things faster than the brain. They did research on that. And the heart actually is clairvoyant in a sense. They did research with several different individuals. They hooked them up with EEG machines, EKG machines, all the most sophisticated biofeedback equipment in the world. And they wanted to see what responded first, the brain or the heart, 
to information. If it was a bad, horrible wreck scene, would the brain show up on the screen first or would the heart? When they did this research, this, this group of scientists got together. When they did this research, it blew their minds. It, they said, no, this can't be true. They checked equipment. They couldn't believe it. What happened is when they were ready to show a scene, the heart would respond second or so before the brain. In other words, they would respond before the picture even got up on the screen. That is wild. So the heart was actually clairvoyant to an extent. It was a nanosecond, basically. But just that split second, the heart registered the scene or the results of the scene up on the screen before the brain did. We know we call that inclusion in the martial arts. Mm -hmm. When we're in the ring, we know what the person is going to do before they do it. That takes years of practice, but it works. And it, it, you have to be in perfect balance to do that. That particular day, even though you're aware of that, you may not be able to do it because you're not that day perfectly balanced. I'm glad that you brought that up because that is one of our key essential ingredients is balance. And that is probably one of the most challenging things that we have to overcome is imbalance. Balancing the scales is really balancing the scales. Right. And you know what brought that up to me is I was talking to my son, John. <laughs> John, God love him. And he's really learning over time. You know, he just turned 40. And he came up with it. He's mentioned it several times to me because he's going fishing and he's doing this and he's doing that. And he doesn't care if he catches anything or not. He's just living in and of the moment. And I'm so proud of him for that. Sometimes it, it takes a little while to take time for yourself. And, and, he, and he just keeps telling me, it's balance. It's balance. And that's what he's doing. He's balancing work with play, with relaxation. And that's because we dripped on him for so many years without him realizing it. You know, you have kids, you have grandkids, and it's up to us to set that really good example for our family, right? Absolutely. We say that all the time. And <clears throat> by doing that, I call it dripping on them. They, they, they pick up on it. If we don't set a good example for our children in generations, who's going to? It's, we need to do that. But sometimes we also need to have lessons in the personal growth and development area. I'll be the first one to say I started, when I became pregnant with my first son, Jason, was when I really was on the quest to understand building a child's self-esteem, making the right decisions. That's when I started looking into health and wellness and fitness, the right mind, body, spirit. Yikes, and I was only like 20 at the time myself, so I'm still trying to figure out who I am. And now I'm growing this child inside of me, but it, we really do need to get back, get to the womb. And we've done it through your baby's breath program with pregnant women with the different exercises. Worked really wonderful. It, it really did because there's so much knowledge about that baby that's growing inside pregnant women that can learn even before they make the grand entry way into the world. Well, the Japanese violist, he passed away just recently, Sanuki Suzuchi, he, his concept that everybody's born a genius. And he proved that when you take these little kids at two years of age and teach them how to play a violin and it's amazing how their genius came out. And it, it, was, it was unbelievable to see these little kids 
playing the violin equal to what an adult is playing as far as they were playing the same in the same music and the same band so to speak i've heard of that time and time again so yeah it's it's there's it you know what perception is everything and i think we talked about that last week was is perception and there's so much to perceive in the world. We were saying earlier about the concept changes and everything, but balance is one key. Consistency is another, right? Right. And we're thinking that the consistency of the balance leads to self-mastery. And when you arrive at self-mastery, believe me when I tell you, you have become a master at life, no matter what's happening, no matter what's happening in your life, whether you're facing Financial destruction, bankruptcy, divorce, death, daily crisis, depression, whatever it is. What, well, what do you think? Would you rather pay the price of discipline or the price of regret? Discipline weighs ounces. Regret weighs tons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's where the discipline comes in. The yeah. rewards are insurmountable. See, and I think that's where um, the, you know, living the martial way that's why you hear a lot of us talking about the wisdom of the ages living the martial way because martial artists are just so you have to be so disciplined like you were saying like within a nanosecond you've got to be making i mean you're a six-time world martial arts champion for heaven's sakes and 13-time national champion with over probably a couple hundred trophies in the amount of years that you've been competing. So it, it just, it's a, ma it's a mastery that you have learned in the martial arts, but it spills over this mastery into your personal life, doesn't well, it? If, if a CEO of a company wants to get his company really rocking and rolling, mm -hmm. should hire people like myself that have that knowledge and utilize, you can utilize those things in business you can utilize it to be the best father, the best mother. Mm -hmm. It's all formulas. Mm -hmm. And these formulas are really not that difficult to right. do or to understand. They're difficult to take the time and be persistent. Exactly. The one formula that we use a lot is the Q plus Q. And, and nobody says it as good as you. I'm going to let you say it. That has been one of the most important formulas of all the formulas in my whole life. And it has actually helped me build, so to speak, empires within my own world. Q plus Q times S equals the amount of success. The quality of our service plus the quantity of our service times the spirit and harmony of that service give the results, the, the success of it. In other words, the most important thing about improving your quality, improving your quantity, and times the factor, the spirit and harmony is accomplished at a high level. And, and, and when you try to improve the quality, sometimes improve the quantity, sometimes it gets a little bit hairy because if, it's, if you get in, in a situation where you're the boss and you're using this with the employee, he may not want to put the extra effort to do the quantity or quality that you want. And that may cause his harmony to go down. Exactly. So what you have to do is figure out a way to work around that. There's well, also a way. The heart is, will tell you. There is a way. And you've always said that what is most important is the spirit and harmony. Because when the spirit and harmony gets unbalanced, then we know what goes from there. Everything's out of balance. Everything's out, everything's out of balance. Right. Okay, it's time to go to break again. We'll be right back. At a certain age, so this is supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen. 
at a certain age, so this is supposed to happen. No, it's not supposed to happen. I was just watching during the break there. I'm going, no, it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> You're right. Welcome back, everyone, to Primetime TV Show. Hopefully you are enjoying yourself and gleaning a few little tidbits that we've been sharing, things that we live in our life on a day-to-day -day basis. Basis we might, Well, I might falter a little bit more than my husband. He's just so consistent, really, day in and day out. Barbara Marville Kelly, Dennis Kelly here, talking about our proprietary program called Trineurogenics, using the mind as the map, the body as the vehicle, and the spirit as the fuel. I am in the process of writing my book series, Life Empowered, Sealed with a Kiss. It's all about the heart and soul of empowerment in every way, shape, and form. And if it wasn't for my life coach, I don't know where I would be because I have been implementing the strategy and all of the essential principles that you have pulled together, including the divine shift that has allowed us to live a heart-empowered life. And that will be coming out. We have a lot of really great things that we're going to be sharing on the show. We're going to be having more guests and, and um, you know, people that we, we uh, hang with that uh, can give those testimonials and how they have also been living that life. So we're going to talk in this last bit about learning how to flow. And part of that comes from the fight or flight. What is that? Fight or flight. We have those choices, right? Absolutely. So how do we get into that flow? Well, first of all, how we breathe is important. Sometimes just taking a couple deep breaths mm -hmm. will solve the challenge as far as being able to get you to going from rigid to flowing. And obviously we don't want to fight. Obviously we don't want to run from a situation. So the important thing is learning how to breathe is one thing. Also going to your heart at the same time, like you're breathing from your heart. And that's easy to do if you really think about it. If I was to tell you right now, breathe through your big toe. Put your attention to the big toe. You can imagine you're breathing from the toe on up. So when you talk about the heart, you're actually talking about a mechanism that will put out good hormones and actually give you good feedback. And that's how you basically, one of the quick ways to learn how to flow is by enable, being able to go to the heart and be able to keep away from negative hormones going in the body. The fight or flight chemicals. That's, that's right. the problem. That's right. You have everything is hormonal, electric. In other words, our whole body is run through electric current. Our whole body is run through hormones, chemical and electrical part of the body. So when we combine the chemical and the electric part of the body in a positive way, exactly, we get positive results. We reach a state of imperturbability. The Chinese call it wu wei. Wu wei. Wu wei. And define the that. The ultimate human. And define that for us. Imperturbability. Yeah, the ultimate human is one that can, at will, reach that state of consciousness that is beneficial and desirable for any given circumstance. In other words, being able to use your emotions, picking the right emotion for the right situation. So you need emotion, a little emotion, probably of being a little angry to get somebody to get up off their butt. So you use that emotion. It's not you really are involved in the anger. You're acting the part of being angry. Hmm. And, and the important thing is it, it really solves a lot of challenges because most people use the wrong emotion. They use the emotion that 
seems to be their, their cry for help, in a sense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In, in, in the uh, Course of Miracles. They talk about anger is, is really being a cry, for, a cry for help. So mm -hmm. when you want to flow, you learn how to do those steps that I just talked about. And those exercise steps allow you to flow. And it's so much easier to flow with what's going on than going berserk, psycho-like. Well, it's easier from one standpoint, but then another standpoint, most people, they don't know they don't aren't born with a manual. They don't know That's this. It. That's it. And there and you'd have to go through sometimes a thousand books to be able to pick put all the pieces together. Right. Well, when we were talking about living a heart-centered life in in the beginning when you were teaching me and coaching me how to do that, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I, it was a challenge at first. It came a little easier over time. I think maybe I don't know within a week or two. I was able to, I wasn't able to master it yet because I was still questioning myself, you know, we do that. I was questioning, is it the head or is, is it the heart? Well, I really want that red dress, but it's kind of pricey. So my, my mind and my heart were kind of like in conflict with one another, but the heart usually wins. So it's, it's just a matter of practice like anything. It's like going to the gym. And learning the routine, you want to drop a few pounds and watching, you know, what push off at the table. You want to watch what you're going to eat and everything. So it's just a matter of setting that example, building the habit for how many days? 21 days. Seven days. Oh, tw oh, you're talking about, I thought I was yeah. talking about the, no, the 21 days yes, 21. to break a habit. Yeah. What was, was the seven day you were thinking? I was thinking the seven day thing, get rid of anger. You know, oh, with the rubber band. Oh, yeah. Let's tell that because I know we're getting ready to close the show. If you have not been with us before, you may not have heard about the the little the rubber band technique, and that is very cool. We've got five minutes, so plenty of time rubber for band you to explain could save this. your life. You it's wear true. Wear a rubber band around your wrist, and every time you have an angry thought, a worry thought, or anything that's negative, you've got two minutes to replace that with a caring, loving thought. So you snap the rubber band to get you from emotional to logical because you felt the pain a little bit of the snapped rubber band. So that sort of jars you into the part where now you can take and find something to replace that angry thought or worry thought that's positive. It's just like you can't take a dove on a fence post and change it into a hawk. You, you have to replace the dove with the hawk. You can't change the dove. So the same thing, it's, it's hard to take and change a negative thought. You just can't do it. And once you go past five minutes, then it's, you're putting all those bad chemicals in the body. You're lowering your immune system, and you're on your path to a premature death over a period of time. So basically, I think what you're also trying to say is if we don't go past two minutes, we got two minutes, you right? You got seven days. For the, seven the days. Game, the game is this. You got seven days to where you never go past the two minutes. In other words... An angry thought snapped the rubber band. You got two minutes to replace that with a caring, loving thought. So the deal is go seven days where you don't go past the, the, the two minutes. And believe me, your life will never be the same. It really does work. It, and then from then on, you never want to be negative for more than two minutes because you're in complete control of your life. Probably with most people for the first time in their life, they are complete control of something that's of that kind of substance. And we can do it. We did it. We did it. Absolutely. And so, so during that two minutes, can we scream and holler and 
punch the pillow and all that no, kind of stuff? because you got to be thinking about what you're going to replace it with. Exactly. I just had to ask that. I know, you were testing me, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was a test. Give me those tests once in a while. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to think about something positive that you're going to replace that with. Yeah, and have it already pre-planned. Pre you have these, say, on a shelf, you have all these different types of things that, like, you get the warm, fuzzy feeling when I when you think of your pet. Like when I think of my little Yorkies, I get this warm, fuzzy feeling. So I can use that. That mm -hmm. would be my replacement of the angry thought. Easy. Or if, think about my beautiful wife. I'm just one of the I'm dogs. I'm sure I put the dogs first. I'm one of the dogs. <laughs> I'm with the class of the so dogs. Anyway, have, have those, <laughs> it's true. Have those ready to go, so you don't have to stop and think about them. They're right there. And then those thoughts has a chemical reaction, just so you know, this has been documented through HeartMath Institute, where it changes the frequency and changes the chemicals in the system so that you don't go into that five, six, seven hours. Well, every thought is a frequency, mm -hmm. and the key is to raise the frequency of the positive and lower the frequency of the negative, because the frequency is what spells out disaster or excitement. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, I tell you, this has been, I, I love doing these shows and, and giving our little secrets away here and there, but there's a whole lot more. And hopefully we have maybe made a difference in your life today. That's what we're out here for. It's, it's actually our purpose, our mission. It's our passion. And we are going to continue to do this and share with you whenever we can. Uh, I hope you'll be able to tune in when you can on webeamtv.com. And we do have other shows that we offer here at uh, Tampa Bay Multimedia. And it's very exciting to have this opportunity to come out and share what we've been doing. We have a few secrets tucked away. My husband has many updated things from this book that he wrote way back in 1996. I mean, I, the funny thing about it is we can't say that this book is outdated because it's not. No. This is basics. The six steps to the fountain of youth, you have it inside you right now. If you'd like to get it, you can always navigate on dennis-kelly.com. We have the books there. We are down to what? The last, I think, three or four boxes right now. But it really does become a manual. Everybody has really given us a lot of accolades. They're going to be the collector items soon. You think? Yeah. Oh, maybe they'll be worth some money then. What about the signed copies? I'm just messing with you. Well, the next one will be coming out. Um, my husband's writing Champion the Champion Within, and that is not just for martial arts champions or athletes or sport enthusiasts. It's for anyone. So they all, everything, all your philosophies just really apply to everything, and I personally thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. <laughs> Should we have him back again? I think so. We will. All right. Well, thanks for joining us here today, everyone, on Primetime. We're here every Monday at live at 5 Eastern Time. Tell your friends. And, uh, of course, well, you can also find us on Facebook. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to us on Facebook or private message us, and we'll be happy to get back with you. Really, it's up to you as to how you choose to live your life. Live it empowered. Live your life empowered. It will make a big difference. Bye now.